New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. Welcome to Ministers Talking Sh**, a weekly program where Rev Briz and Rev Z and their guests chat about current affairs, world events, spiritual principles, and any old sh** they want to talk about. Based on the new thought philosophy and ancient wisdoms, Ministers Talking Sh** shares a visionary perspective of the evolving spiral called spiritual living. Join us each week as we explore the emerging paradigm of life on planet Earth and beyond. And hello again, dear ones. There we are. Rev Briz here. Rev Z right here. And Rev Jersey Girl here. And this is Ministers Talking Shit for June 16th, 2023. Thank you so much for being with us. Yes, we have a special guest, and it is our dear friend, Reverend Dr. Michelle Wadley, a.k.a. Rev Jersey Girl. And uh, having been born in Jersey, I always have an affinity for Jersey girls. So uh, we're <laughs> grateful you're with us, dear one. Thanks for coming back. You've been on this show oh, before, welcome. so you kind of know the format. And uh, yeah. we're really grateful that you're here with us today. So yeah, it's good to be with you this morning and play with you guys. <laughs> Z, <Yeah>. wake up! <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're gonna wake him up. Yeah. <laughs> what time? Is, where are you? What time zone are you in? I can't remember. Um, it's just past 7 a.m. Mountain Time. Oh, it's early for you guys. No wonder you're yawning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, for those that have been watching, those that are regular watchers of this program, uh, we haven't told you this yet, but we're uh, we're almost at a we're just over 150 episodes of this program. Now. Wow, fantastic! So, um, three years. Lowest. Yes. Wow! Great! Um, great! Yeah. Great! Great! Other than uh, uh, our the very first show on New Thought Media Network was our morning prayer broadcast, and uh -huh. then this was our very first um, formatted show. Other than the prayer broadcast, this was our very first show, and still remains that way. So, good morning, Linda. Good to see you out there. Uh -huh. Glad you're with us. Anyone else that's watching, please feel free to chat along, chime along, join the conversation, leave a comment as we go today. Um, because we've got some stuff to talk about. Let's put it that way, right? <laughs> I'm trying yes. to. I'm trying to remain calm, as Resmo Menicum would say, to have a settled body. <laughs> I don't want to go off on anything. <laughs> well, yeah, that's well, okay because we go off on tangents here all yeah, the time. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. The no, no. The first thing is this, you know, that I, that that caught my attention. I guess it was yesterday, day before yesterday, was the whole Baptist convention debacle where nine thousand seven hundred and some odd churches against twelve hundred churches said women could not be priests, ministers in the Baptist tradition, Southern Baptist tradition, which seems just like ludicrous to me. 
and they kicked out Rick Warren's church, which was once one of the largest churches as a part of their convention. <laughs> so, so look, so with that, what I know you're you're smiling because you you, you I see you smiling already. With that, how what do we make that mean to us? I just, you know want to figure this out. What do we make that mean? I mean, I think they still want to stay in the dark ages. I mean, I, that's the only thing I can come up with. And so how does that impact, how do you think impacts the bigger picture? Like what happens with that? So they made this decision. We're in new thought. They're in this, this Christian, uh, this Christian teaching. So how do you believe that's going to impact the bigger picture within this country? Yeah, well, it's going to affect it tremendously, I believe, because, you know, uh, most connoisseurs of religion, if you will, does not have a fine sifter. So they don't sift it between this, this, that, and the other. They look at it as a, as a one big conglomerate. And so when people start looking, up, you know, the Baptist thing will be out there for a minute, but then it's just going to be, yeah, there's this religion that's saying women can't be leaders and ministers, and it's going to affect everybody, I believe, if we don't get our head of that and... and, and <laughs> I'm, you know, kind of prodding you a little bit. What would getting ahead of it look like, do you think? Well, we have to, I think we, you know, we got to make a statement or or an an example, you know, statements are fine, but we have to put intelligent, uh, uh, articulate, powerful women ministers who can teach spirituality and religion to the masses and be effective, right? Um, that's the only way. It's like, you know, until we had a woman run for president, you know, there was this little quiet thing, oh, a woman can't run. You know, now it's just went, you know, just waiting for a woman to win the presidency. Yeah. And so, you know, words or actions are going to have to speak louder than words. Right, right. And it's, you know, of course, <laughs> here we have a, you know, a lesbian woman in charge of our organization. So we're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) What? Exactly. For us, right. That for us, this feels like a cognizant uh, dissonance happening. Um, And I think I saw or heard of what would be the real world implications, if you will, of this decision by the Southern Baptist conference. And that was a woman on an interview I heard yesterday that said, and Folks, if you're not following the conversation, the Southern Baptists are basically doing this because they're saying it's against biblical scripture. It's against the scripture to allow a woman to teach a man. And as a minister, a woman is in a position to teach other men uh, uh, about the Bible. And what this woman said was, look, I'm not here to be a senior pastor and stand in front of the congregation. I'm a youth minister. I'm here to teach children. And I immediately recognized, wow, what they're actually saying is women aren't allowed to be in leadership. They want to control, they want to be able to control my perception now. The percept, uh, they want to be able to be in a place of control and continue the male patriarchy of, of leadership. But what does that do for the future generations of children 
of little girls, of perhaps young people that are questioning their gender or their sexuality, they're going to have one perspective to learn from, and that's going to be a dominant man, a male. Black or white, they're only going to be educated by men. And to me, that just doesn't balance. That that doesn't support little girls in learning what it means to be a girl, a young adult, a woman. And it doesn't teach little boys how to interact with, with women. Um, or or it, So it really feels to me like it's just a digging in the heels to an old way of being. Uh, because predominantly the churches that were left out, that were kicked out in this decision, many of them do have female, not necessarily lead ministers or senior ministers in our vernacular, but they have ministers throughout their congregations and their organizations that are now going to be disillusioned with the Southern Baptist Church. So here, um, let's imagine this, though. If coming from where we come from, right, we have a we tend to we lean into all of life is for us. All of life is happening on our behalf. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I know is sometimes if you get too up close and personal with the details of, you know, uh, when when things are uh, evolving, evolution can look quite messy. Right. <laughs> it can look messy like, you know, mm -hmm. people. People, you know, people who don't know think childbirth is so wonderful. But anybody who's been through childbirth knows it's messy and it's smelly and it's hard and it's not this, not, I mean, ultimately, yes, it's this beautiful thing. But change and transformation and growth is messy. What if what's happening that they, they created this, but what if those thousand churches that did not, that voted against that, what if that becomes an open door, a waking up where they realize they're not even wanted by their own kind? They're going to have to look to, to play with others in a bigger world. What if, what if that's a door to not us, not to suddenly not being Christian that, you know, I'm not suggesting that, but what if that is suggests that, Oh, we don't have to fight against now. And that, that we find new alignments just a thought mm -hmm. right because, because mm -hmm. if we make it if we make them wrong i mean i'd rather just say okay now we know who we're playing with and they get to say oh that they know who they are and the and the ones who voted to stay in well we don't want to play in their backyard anyway but the ones who didn't go it could be an opening it could be a, a, a wake-up call for them with their own organization yeah, well, and you know, there's that that verse that says all things work together for good and the glory of God. So that we know. Now right. we, we we don't know. You know, we see the cocoon, right? We don't know if it's going to be a moth or a butterfly, or you know, what kind of butterfly or moth that comes out of the cocoon. Cocoon, but we know it's transforming, right, into something else. And I think that's what what you're saying very well. There is that this will definitely transform. Uh, spirituality, religion, uh, who can lead a spiritual or religious community. Um, and since we know that all things are working for the glory of God, and we right. understand that evolution is messy, we look at it from that perspective, 
and we'll, you know, wherever possible, we awaken those to say, I'm not telling you what to do, but you need to pay attention. You need to do your homework. You need to do your research and figure out what you're supporting and who you're supporting and how it's going to affect you, your children, your grandchildren into perpetuity. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking if, if suddenly home office made some decision and it says, and it says, you know, anybody with red hair is no longer part of this organization. <laughs> I would have to pull back and go, Oh, they don't want to play with me. And then I'd be looking for alignment. Mm-hmm. I mean, what does it, what, I can't imagine what's going on in those 12, the minds of those 1200 churches that that got boosted by their own organization. Right. Like I have some compassion for what that feels like. And and that's, and I think we see a lot of that actually in New Thought. We see a lot of play, a lot of, maybe not at that organizational level and maybe not as blatant as just redheads, but, um, I think we see a lot of, of sorry, gingers. I got to stop using those slurs. I apologize. Is that uh, a slur? <laughs> Why is that a slur? Uh, some people now consider that to be a slur. Redhead? Um, yes. Oh, because, come on, get over it. Get because... over it. Let's get over it. <laughs> and people say that Man, because it has. It means something against um, you. Well, it triggers people. It triggers people into a specific mindset it's it's as if i use the n-word to describe elzia it it forces people into preconceived judgments and and a mindset about what a ginger-haired woman or man acts like looks like what really yep there's um there's a great comedian out there his name's steve hostetler um and he uh don't ever show up at his show and heckle. He'll rip you apart. But he's redheaded. Love he's, him. He's red. <laughs> he's red-haired, and he talks it. And he talks about this in different segments of his show at different times. And over time, I've heard him speaking to this. And I would think he would be on your side. That yeah, it's not necessary. But for a lot, but there are a lot of judgments, right? Redheaded people can't go out in the sun. Um, all these things because you burn too easy and all these other things that are stereotype tropes of people with red hair. Okay, so we just went down a different, we just went down a different road. We did, but I I want to go here if it's okay. Because what, listen, I don't, I I love Gabor Mate and I have to admit, I'm going to, true confessions here, sometimes I listen to Jordan Peterson who's a little radical. He just walks around pissing people off, right? But people, and people, we can't keep thinking by not saying, and there are certain things that are emotionally, deeply emotionally triggered. I'm with you with that, okay? So there's a there's a lot place. But redhead, we can't keep making something mean something. We've got to be bigger than this stuff and just, I don't know. I don't know. It just, <laughs> I'm flustered. <laughs> okay. Okay. Go well, with folks, your you know, point. Folks, I, and I want to use that as a quick thing, reminder for anybody that's watching. We don't pretend to know everything. We don't pretend to understand these things. What we attempt to do here on Friday mornings is dig into some of these 
more nuanced conversations per se and tr and do our best to find a new thought perspective about it so I, like i'm with you michelle right it's it we often make too much out of out of things where there are more important things i think we ought to be talking about as a society than the color of someone's hair or whether you wear braids or not or oh, i can tell you the one percent the one percent that exists that are running the world they're looking at us like <laughs> they're so busy with that stuff exactly yeah exactly and we're like hamsters running, you know, running that wheel. And while we're so busy, you know, arguing about a word we can or cannot use, the world is going on and getting created. And we're not paying attention to some of the bigger stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I mean, I recently learned we're having we're having a food gap tomorrow. We have this from from Unity and New Thought Churches from the you know the New Jersey area. I'm so excited. Um, there's going to be like, I don't know, 75 of us all gathered to, to have food and fun and games. And what happened was in our very first meeting, organizational meeting, I was informed that the word, I was completely caught, caught off guard, that the word picnic ha is a trigger because in the South, picnic became uh, associated sometimes with some people with having food gatherings that also worked around lynchings. Now, I, I did not know this. Right. So I choose to not use that word now, not because, oh, I'm going to, you know, now I, I'm not trying to change the world around it, but I want to be conscious so that it, my sensitivities at least invite in. And when I told I told my congregation why we were no longer using that word and we were going to call it a food gathering, all the African Americans in my community were like, "Yep, yep, yep." So, but you know, I announced this to <clears throat> ministers, and I, you know, people were like, "Oh, get the hell out of here!" The etymology is French. I know the etymology is French, but at least you go into it consciously. You know, the word picnic in and of itself is meaningless. It's meaningless. The N-word is meaningless. We give things meaning. But do we want to challenge the history of them? Do we want yeah. to? And, you know, for me that, you know, you got to choose where you go there. Yeah. And that and that's the challenge. Right. So so you have these words that are are triggers. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, being born and raised in the South and really understand and, and having four grandparents born on plantation or great grandparents born on plantations. Wow. I understand what that means. Right. It has. a right. And and it was pick a person, if you will, to do something to. Uh, mm -hmm. It got shorthand into picnic. Right. But the original thing was pick a mm -hmm. yep. person. And yep. so for people who may have been around or know about that story like me four times over mm -hmm. uh it it could sit the right or wrong way now the challenge that i think that we have is all this stuff as you just said is meaning the only reason we call this a computer is because we've agreed to call it a computer mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no we could have called it a rock on a rock with a light, right? I mean, we could have come up, with, but mm -hmm. these terms are agreed upon terms 
that society has agreed upon and assigned a a spectrum point of whether it's so-called good or so-called bad. And I use those terms just because we have that spectrum. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and what we have to begin to think about uh, is a certain thing life affirming or not. And you can define that however, but when things are life affirming, because we know we say I say this often on any time I get a moment, life is prime. All the other stuff is secondary. If you don't have life, none of this other stuff is going to exist. However, if we begin to look at life as being prime and do things and say things and act in ways that life is affirmed, we know, as you said so eloquently, that you know the evolution of that could be very messy, right? But it is the it is the fulfillment of life that we're trying to support. A lot of this stuff will fall away, I believe. Yeah, I mean there are there are while while some of us are busy nitpicking certain things, worrying about to call somebody red, you know, red hair or not. You, you blew my mind with that one, Robert. You really blew my mind. I had no clue. And and here's another thing, just to just to really throw some muddy water on that. Oh, great. In the African American community, we use the have used the word red to mean a light-skinned black person, right? So if, if we saw a light-skinned black person and it was a lot mainly, or not I won't say mainly, but often used for women, if there was a light-skinned African-American woman, we would call them red. Hey, what's up, red? Where did that come from? <laughs> Why red? <laughs> well, because they were lighter and they would, they would blush, and I think. I mean, there's so many... That's the thing. We don't know what the origin of. And it was a term of endearment. It wasn't a bad term. It was like, right, you know, right, right, right. Uh, and, and just a, just the antithesis of someone saying I'm redheaded. And by, by, by the way, this isn't this is fake. This is a bottle, an expensive <laughs> bottle. But this is a bottle. <laughs> I envy my, my granddaughter. This is a little sidebar for a second. My granddaughter is doing Irish step dancing. And so it, it's an Irish community and Irish grounded people and, you know, with their, with their history and they play Irish music. It's fantastic. I've never been so immersed in a culture. I've never been that Irish and all the women that are there and the moms, so many of them have this beautiful, stunning, gorgeous red hair. I like, Oh, you know, I'm jealous, <laughs> but that's just, that's just a sidebar. I, and so I feel like I'm almost arguing against <clears throat> myself. It's weird because I, because I use language to include, I want to use language that includes and invites. Right. And yet sometimes I think, I do think that we are grossly oversensitive, but, and I guess what, what we, what we started earlier today when we were chatting, Robert, the thing about it is, I don't have to agree with you to be, to remain in a state of love around you. Right. I, I don't have to. It's, it's about, it's about the leave, leaving everybody the hell alone. Leave him alone. And I think you just hit on one of the key parts of it all. And that's that word love. Because you're right. You can, you, 
and I have known each other long enough. We follow a similar philosophy. We we have um, we have that ability. We've grown to be able to say, I don't agree with you. I don't like the color of your hair. I don't like what you're talking about. But I do still love you. I love that you are here. I love that you have that we have the freedom to have these conversations. I love that you get to be you. I think that is the the exception rather than the rule. I think in other places, and and I know before I found New Thought, I would often go to the "You're wrong, so I now have to hate you." You're not yeah, like that's, me. That's where the danger is. Right. LZ is not the same color. You're not the same color as I am. So now I'm required to hate you. You're not the same sexual orientation I am. So now I'm required to hate you. You're not. You like the, you like the Red Sox and I'm a Yankee fan. So now I am uh, required to hate you. I like... The Giants and you like the Jets. I'm now required to hate you. And I have to like the Jets a little bit now. Aaron's there. I'm waiting to see what happens. <laughs> okay, we won't go, we won't see, go. I don't like Aaron. So now, right? That's a great example. I don't like Aaron Rodgers. So now I have to hate you mm-hmm. and the Jets because they are now in alignment with Aaron Rodgers. And that's mm-hmm. really where I think we start to get lost is a I know in my life, I was not necessarily intentionally taught this, but it was everywhere in my upbringing. I'm a Polak, so you tell me a a Polish joke, and I love it because I can turn around and tell it to my friends as an Italian joke. Right. And that's the way it was on the East Coast, right? You had Italians. No one was safe. No one is safe. <laughs> exactly. And, and we, every... it was meaningless. Meaningless. And I would laugh at things that right now people would judge me for. They would be horrified. You know, and I, I have a pretty good sense of humor. I will say that there are certain times and a little <clears throat> Chris Rock. I love Chris Rock, but maybe it wasn't him. Uh, oh, Martin. Martin. Um, Martin Lawrence. Lawrence. He um he went down a road one time with a comp with a routine. I was like, yeah, I don't know because I don't want I don't want to I can't I can't go where things are too toxic, but I I do still have a great sense of humor. I do, and there's nothing you can say to me that will impact me. Why? Because I'm from New Jersey and we don't give a shit. Excuse me. <laughs> and, and, and it's okay. You can say it on this show. <laughs> and, and and you know you know the the the. the from a spiritual perspective, I think, and 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 a, and a secular, if you will, once things become normalized, right, and mm-hmm. that is why things are done over and over and over and over again. The first response is a shock, right? But if I say it over and over again, if I see it over and over again, if I hear it over and over again, mm-hmm. it begins to lose its sting, if you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I believe, like you said earlier, the one percent, the whoever they are, these are the kinds of things people in leadership, people in power, people with money. And I won't say it's a conspiracy. It's just, it, I'll say it's a learned behavior, if you will. But these are the types of things the masses get 
hooked on. Uh, and I mean, you just look at the had a wonderful celebration downtown uh, Denver yesterday, celebrating the uh, championship for the Nuggets. And at the end of it, they had a shooting. A couple of people got shot, right? Over drugs or whatever it was, right? But they keep us fighting over these things that I won't say that they don't matter, but in the grand scheme of things, there are things, as you said earlier, that are bigger, more important, more life-threatening that we should be dealing with because in essence they will begin to lessen some of these petty deaths right because you have a big conscious let's see i want to challenge i want to challenge something you just said a little bit okay because Mm -hmm. because here's here's my concern with saying they keep us that even saying that puts the power now i do think that they are they are busy transforming the world under our feet and we're so busy in in fighting that we're like we don't even notice like where did cash go? You know, like all the threats now that money is not going to be used. And the, like, there's so many, right? There's things, there are decisions being made that right. that grossly impact our lives. And we're worried about, we're worried about the, these other things and all this infighting. I mean, it's horrible, but I think it's important that we don't say they, we got to rise up. Yes. Well, well, and, 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 and that's why I started out by saying it's not a conspiracy theory, because most right, times right. when you say they, it is they're yeah, thinking yeah, about it. someone other, but that they was a pejorative they, all of us, right? They as us, as you said, okay. we, you know, uh, it's like the biblical thing. I think it says, you know, how can you, you know, don't talk about the, 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 uh, the stick in someone else's eye when you got a whole plank in your own eye. Uh, you know, get that one out first, and then right. you can start dealing. I, you guys are bringing up some great stuff for me because I read an article this morning about an adult who accosted a nine-year-old at a track meet because this child had short hair and appeared to be more male than female running in a foot race in a track and field event and the adult accosted this young girl nine years old and her family saying she's a boy and this and is a trans athlete and shouldn't be running in this race and i think if more people took those (laughs) actually stood up and said something about guns and the gun epidemic and the, and the and the easy access to guns in this country, we'd be living in a safer country. I don't really care what you do or don't have underneath your gym shorts. I really don't. It, it to me that is is again it, this is a distraction type of issue, rather than focusing in on the things that are. And I'm going to come back to something that Z said that is life affirming or not. Guns are not life-affirming. Drugs are not life-affirming. Running a race is life-affirming when you're allowed to do it as if, as you are. I am curious. I I have to admit, I am curious about that. And I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a side or an opinion, but I, I'm not an athlete anymore. So it doesn't matter to me at all, but I, I am curious about how does that work? Because if how does transgender stuff affect 
the effects sports does does a male body even if it's your female and that's not a problem folks but does that not change skew the skill within the sports and i'm i'm actually asking you know because i don't know you know my perspective is every sport requires a unique skill set and that means that every sport requires you to train your body unique to the sport. If you're a lineman on a football field, you're doing a lot. You're doing a different workout. You're eating a different diet than if you're running a track race uh, or if you're skiing. Even even when I look, I, I'm a winter snow sports guy. So even the difference between skiing and snowboarding takes different muscle groups and different a different combination of skills. So if you, to me, if you're affirming who you feel you are, who you know yourself to be, then compete at the highest levels you can because you're training the body you have to meet the needs of the sport. And trans men take testosterone like it's going out of style because that's what's necessary for them to train their body to look and act like they would like. So we, we say that trans women can't compete in sports because it's, it's disadvantaging the cisgender women. We don't say the same thing if it's a, if it's a female to male transition we don't bar trans men from competing in men's sports. We just figure out, oh, well, they're at a disadvantage. It's not yeah. true. It's, it's, it's all based in sexism that women are the fairer sex, that women can't train their bodies to do the same thing. Is men there not can. any biological uh, scientific reason? I mean, not that I've been seen or been able to find and women, men transitioning into women, generally are taking some sort of supplemental drug to facilitate that transition. And the same is true. Women transitioning into men are taking different drugs, predominantly testosterone, to change the physique, to train their body to be more in alignment with that, with who they believe, you know, who they know themselves to be. I think this is another case where we get our, panties in a bunch and stick our nose in places it shouldn't be i'm gonna have to look up some science there, there should not be a middle-aged man yelling at a nine-year-old to prove well, her absolutely sex, not to prove yeah. her gender yeah and, and 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 i mean as you were saying michelle um you know there is uh definitely scientific uh evidence if you will about the effects of testosterone and estrogen on the body. That's, that's a known fact. And so, so when someone, as I understand it, who's going through a transition, they take the opposite of those two. If we put those two as a, as a, as a spectrum, they take the other half of that to, to, to transition more towards the one of the other uh, genders. Um, and from there, you can begin to put all kind of meaning on that, right? But we know for sure that if you have more testosterone, the development of muscles and things is easier, sustained more. That's why you see all these drugs for older men 
eugenics and all these other things to take these younger, I mean, to take these things to look younger, to keep a physique. Um, and 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 with with women, it it like when 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 a woman and of course I would I'm talking only from from a book when they go through menopause and they lose estrogen, it has a different effect on their body, right? Unless you get the hormone theory. So we know from the scientific, right, that there's a there's a there's a change. But now if we want to start putting a value proposition on what that means and what that looks like, that becomes another story. And that's that's what I think is happening. Yeah, and I, I mean, I love sports. I'm not a typical, you know, minister in any way. I, I love even, I love football. I miss the days where we were not worried about concussions when bodies used to go flying in the air. I found that very entertaining. <laughs> True confessions. So, um, but I, I do, you know, I, I just wonder about the impact. Anyway, we're, we're kind of all over the place. Yeah. You know, a little bit, which is, I know that's fine with you guys. And I, but ultimately... Ultimately, what I would like to see, and I want to say this without creating, because every time you take a position, right, you create, you put a line in the sand, and I don't want to do that here. Right. I want to, I want to state it in the way uh, as an invitation that I would so love, especially those of us who are perfectly positioned to, to be, to be willing to think outside of our own thinking. You know what I mean? Like to mm-hmm. break the habit of our own limited thinking, I would love to see us to to take a stand, you know, for, and and this is not to quote a Holmes thing, because by and large, I and one of my I think about one of my favorite people in my community, my my precious, you know him, Ty Stevens, you know, African American um, gay man, and I got to tell you, if if there if there if he was threatened in some way. I'm not going to stand back and, and pray. I'm going to literally, I, I will act if necessary. I would, I would be there. I would be there. Right. Okay. So having said that though, I would just so love us to, 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 to learn how to be in conversation so that we can stop creating all the divisions. And we're part of that sometimes. Sometimes we're not as responsible. You know, we get very righteous about right wing and stuff. Well, as soon as we do that, as soon as we create that, we we have something to be against. So somewhere, and I don't think we're there yet. There's, there's a spiritual maturity that we have to arrive at so that we can stand with each other. Stand with each other. I don't want to have to agree with you to be part of you. Yes. Well, you know, there, there's a real quick, Rob, there's, there's a saying that goes, we all have our own confusion, right? <laughs> and so we have to begin to realize and recognize that none of us have the cornerstone or, or the have cornered the market on intelligence, on what's right, what's wrong. Uh, and so that whole idea of humility and being uh, aware that there is a higher understanding because when we look at this there, I mean, it's, and that's what we have to do. Holmes said something um, and it's, you know, it, it's been written as canon in our movement. And that is give me a thousand people that are for something and against nothing. And if I look around I can't count myself as one of the thousand. Me either. 
I don't think we have ever reached a thousand people that are for anything, but absolutely against nothing. It's perhaps this is the human condition. Perhaps this is the human challenge. Mm -hmm. It Mm -hmm. it is so tough. And every time I think I'm doing pretty good, somebody shoots up a school and there's my, there is my thing to be against. I am against the uh, not uh, not against the unhoused. I am against the conditions that lead people to being unhoused. I am I am against the proliferation of gun violence in North America. I am against. So it's really I love that. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) I I gotta tell you that's it's. It's a place where I think if we're moving in the direction of positive, if we're moving in the direction of life affirming, that sometimes feels like the best I can do because there's so many things out there to be against. And mm-hmm. and I think we all have it, no matter what yeah. color we vote for or what side of the aisle we say we fall on. So... I, I want to add something else into the conversation a little bit. Um, and what time do we end? We have three minutes. Oh, then I'm not going to because it's. Uh, I, I, I will just make. Worms. Well, no, it's just that I I, I, I <clears throat> just recently wrote a blog, and I can't even remember the name of my own blog, but the fact is, well, I've been I was noticing around me, like pretty close around me, where people were um, finding um, fault and criticism with the. Gen Z's or whatever the earlier, um, I'm a boomer, so I don't know, whatever's after me. And, and there, you know, there were, they were being called um, arrogant and um, um, entitled and all this stuff. But when I, when I step back from that view, what I realized is that we created that generation because we were tired of being quieted. And we wanted our children and our grandchildren to have a voice. And now they have a voice and we're all pissy about it. <laughs> yep. But we created that. And, it, mm-hmm. and I don't think they have, I don't think they're all that. I don't think that just because you're young, you got everything. But if you look at a, what's coming, you are, you are talking about people and in, there's evidence of people that are just not playing. Yeah. They're just not playing this bullshit. They're just not. And they're self-affirming in a way that we wished we were. But, but, but instead of thinking that that's them, and we have to realize that they are part of what we created. We set this in motion. And so there should be hope. It, out of all this conversation, there is still room for hope because they're not playing. Ever since um, the shooting in uh, Florida, remind me. Uh, Parkland? Yes. Those kids are going to grow up. They're going to have seats of power in the world. And I hope that they never let go. I mean, I'm so sorry that any of them witnessed. But that that witnessing, I hope that it catapults them into being into in politics. And it already has. It already has. One of the kids just graduated from Harvard and he started an organization on gun violence. And he did the one thing I think that really flips it right he went and joined the he joined the shooting team at harvard 
to really understand what he was talking. And that's what we have to begin to do. I think yes. that's, that's the evolution of life. Beautiful. Do you know which person that was? I think, I think I know. But it, it, it was David Hogue. It is yeah. David Hogue. Um, okay. He's been probably the most vocal and the most active of the, of the kids that was, that survived that shooting. Um, and yes, I forget where I saw that article, but there is a great article about there out there with him about uh, his decision to go join the Harvard Gun Club. God and bless at you. first, and and we do have to wrap this up, folks. So we'll let you get into your regular programming in a second. But uh, at first, the Harvard Gun Club ostracized him, and they didn't want to let him in. Oh, interesting, because they felt he was there to be divisive. And to try to take them down and to try to gather evidence to, to prove how bad they were. And it took him a while to convince them, hey, I'm just trying to see your side of the world. Right. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. They thought he, they thought that was going to die in a vine. Mm -hmm. And it's not. Thank God. So, folks, we do, have, we do have to run. Uh, we've got more programming coming up here on New Thought Media Network throughout the day. Please stay tuned and watch all of our program. Reverend Michelle, Rev Jersey Girl, thank you so much for being with us. Um, I feel like we now need to do an extended special edition of Ministers Talking Shit with you sometime. And the three of us just sit down and dig in really deep uh, because this was a great conversation. We really appreciate you taking yeah. time out of your day to Absolutely. be with us and, uh, and trust that you will be able to come back again and again with us. Always. All right. Love you guys. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you folks for watching. We're going to get out of here for now. Stay tuned. Seku Rights is already on and our normal Friday programming throughout the day. Until next time, we wish you peace and richest blessings. Bye now. Thank you. Bye. And thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ministers Talking We'll be back again next week with more commentary on current affairs, world events, and any other our ministers want to talk about. And if you found value here, please share our with your friends. Until next time, peace and blessings. <laughs>